other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano here on 77 WABC. By now, you probably have heard about DigiDog, a new, essentially RoboCop version of a police dog that is going to help the NYPD take a bite out of crime. Here was Mayor Eric Adams talking about this uh, late last week. DigiDog is out of the pound. DigiDog is now part of the two-kit that we are using. But here is the problem. The surprise unveiling of this new surveillance tool, which the DigiDog is, without a public comment period may very well be a violation of a 2020 transparency law. See, remember what was going on in 2020. Black Lives Matter protests and a reckoning in New York on policing that summer brought a wave of police reform bills in New York, most of them negative. Among them was the Public Oversight of Surveillance Technology Act. They called the Post Act. A once stalled bill to require the New York City Police Department to disclose and describe the surveillance technology that it uses. The bill, which had faced resistance from the NYPD for years eventually racked up three dozen co-sponsors in the city council and passed easily in that body with the support of civil liberties and privacy advocates who called it an important step towards transparency. But three years after its passage, some supporters of the Post Act and the Office of the Inspector General for the NYPD say that the police department is not properly complying with the transparency law. The latest example of this non-compliance is this surprise unveiling of the DigiDog. The Post Act requires the NYPD to propose a surveillance technology impact and use policy and post such proposal on the department's website for at least 90 days prior to the use of any new surveillance technology. The city did not do that here, and it would seem to me this is a pretty clear-cut violation of the law. I would guess there's going to be some litigation on this, and I would guess that before RoboDog can start uh, taking a bite out of crime, you may have to wait for three months. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. To be more precise, this is the Reverend Frank Morano. I am a minister in the Universal Life Church, and I have been for many years. Now, the reason I became a minister both with the Universal Life Church and American Marriage Ministries is because I wanted to be able to perform weddings, and I've done many weddings over the years. I would say probably close to about 50 or 60, maybe even more, but I think that's a pretty conservative number, 50 or 60. The law in New York State, New York City, was that you had to be a minister or some sort of public official in order to be able to officiate weddings. Well, as of April 1st, the law is changed, and from now on, anybody can be a wedding officiant in New York City. Beginning this month, New York State has made it possible for anyone 18 years or older to perform a marriage ceremony with a new 
type of efficient license that's good for only one day, and you don't even have to be a state resident to get it. You can officiate their wedding without needing to become a minister in the Universal Life Church or the uh, or any other similar church. Although, I don't understand why you wouldn't. You can go ahead and be a minister, and it's fun to have people call you reverend. If you're wondering what you need to do in order to marry a couple that you are friends with or a couple that you know, you first need to find a couple that wants you to marry them, and then unlike a traditional marriage officiant license, which requires you to become a member of the clergy or a public official, this is a single-day version, and you have to actually put the couple's names on the form. So make sure the couple has their marriage license in hand before you apply. If not, your application might be rejected. So the license is valid for weddings performed anywhere in the state, and the Manhattan City Clerk Office is the only place in the five boroughs so far that processes these one-day applications. So if you're looking to do this, go on over to the uh, city clerk's office in Manhattan, make sure the couple has their marriage license, and you can get one of these one-day licenses to be a wedding officiant. I I really enjoy marrying people. It's a really special moment to be able to share that aspect of people's lives. And if it's something that's of interest to you, give it a shot. Head on over to the city clerk's office. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, this is a subject that I'm sort of doubly an expert in. I am a lifelong New Yorker, a proud New Yorker that is not going to be fleeing New York City to go to Florida. And I am also a casino gambler. I happen to think that the idea of a casino in Times Square is absolutely ludicrous. Times Square does not have a problem attracting people. And I think if you were going to have a casino, it should be in a more remote part of the city, maybe somewhere like Coney. Island or, I mean, I'm not crazy about the fact that we're getting three new casinos anyway, but maybe even outside of New York City entirely. Maybe Yonkers, where the Racino is, or maybe where Jake's 58 is out on Long Island. And apparently, a powerful lineup of Broadway players announced a new campaign on Friday to fight a proposed Caesar Palace Casino in Times Square as community pushback grows against various gambling proposals across New York City. Sure enough, the No Times Square Casino Community Coalition, organized by the Influential Theater Trade Association, the Broadway League, cited concerns about a wide range of issues, including congestion, economic disturbance, social harm, and they are urging officials to reject the proposal. Well, so am I. I hope this proposal is rejected, and this is a group that includes some heavy hitters, a number of community groups, local businesses, big-name restaurants, Sardis which I just went to with my wife last weekend. They're part of this, the Times Square Church. The idea of a casino in Times Square is absolutely ludicrous. And I am glad that the forces in opposition to this are organizing to put a stop to this. No casino in Times Square. Bottom line. We'll see who wins out. This new coalition or the Coalition for a Better Times Square, which was essentially created by Caesars to advocate for this project. I know who I'm rooting for. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
Were you ever involved in a student newspaper? I was at a couple of different times in my life, including in grade school. And I remember, I must have been in the fourth or fifth grade, and I asked one of the new teachers, I did an interview with one of the new teachers, it was a feature piece, and I asked her a question about compensation. And that question and her response was omitted from the final article. I hadn't thought about it since the fourth or fifth grade, but I remember being pretty sour and pretty sad that they had censored me as a student journalist. And now student journalists say they're tired of being told what they can write about in their school newspapers with principals and other administrators often limiting political speech or criticisms of the institution. So now there is a bill in the New York State Legislature that would change all that by increasing First Amendment protections for young reporters, and it is gaining a ton of momentum in Albany this session after nearly seven years of advocacy. Violetta Ataka, a senior at Clinton High School in Manhattan, she traveled to Albany last month with a group of students and advisors pressing lawmakers on this bill. She told the city, unless it's a really big story, most local papers aren't going to be covering high school issues. She's exactly right. She's also right when she says, and it's so very important for student journalists not to be censored in the same way that it's important for adult journalists not to be censored. I completely agree with this young woman, and I believe that the editors, the writers, uh, the journalists for these student newspapers, and I would extend the same protection for uh, student-run radio stations or student-run TV stations, should have the same First Amendment protections that every journalist has. And I hope the legislature passes this bill and I hope the governor signs it. Good for these kids. And uh, they make me proud to be a New Yorker and somebody that makes their living in the First Amendment business. Beam me up. To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.